You're listening to the Seek Power Podcast with your hosts, Tony G and Paradox. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Seek Power Podcast, the show that is about all things competitive eternal. My name is Brandon, also known in-game as Paradox, and today is a very special episode. Uh, we have our very first spoiler card, which is very exciting, and joining me for today's episode to spoil this card is going to be our usual host, Tony G. Hey, hello. Uh, welcome, welcome, Tony. And we also have a very special guest as well, another member from Team Seek Power Gaming and also the supplier of today's spoiler card, uh, the Overmaster. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> welcome, welcome. And thank you so much for this opportunity. This is this is really sweet. Uh, we've been we've been definitely wanting to get one for a while now. Uh and we got one so it's pretty exciting i just have spoilers up my ears right now so i just i mean no i i want i wanted i wanted to give you guys this one for sure ah well thank thank you so much we i didn't have any uh i think i think the youngsters call it blue balls now but i didn't have any uh influence yeah i still to to buy any cards uh, any any spoilers so thank you so much for uh spending all of yours <laughs> the community the community points i don't know the yeah the little blue swirly balls on the screen <laughs> influence yeah uh yeah. oh yeah it just influenced uh, what am i talking about anyway i'm going to talk about something i do know which is today's spoiler so and the the uh image will be in the description and in the comments on reddit and on twitter as well but today's card is a legendary justice spell it is called righteous intent the cost is three with double justice influence it is a normal speed spell and it reads gain three armor create and draw a zero six cassava true heart and cassava true heart is a unit a paladin that is a five cost with double justice influence, a zero attack and six health that reads lifesteal, attack equal to your armor, not Kasava's health, but your armor as a player. And when you gain health, gain that much armor. So if you cast, um, uh, you know, well of life or whatever, and gained three life, you would also gain three armor. And then coincidentally, that would also raise Kasava's attack at least, you know, up to three or, you know, three up from wherever it was. Um, so yeah, very interesting two-part card. It seems like part of the cycle of legendary spells that are going around. Um, all of them being a little bit different, like the primal one has warp and the onslaught trigger uh, the time one that was released just yesterday, I don't think that has onslaught, but it's got some it's got some things going on. But either way, it's all these spells that draw you another card, and they're all legendary. And this is the justice version. Um, all of these spells so far haven't seemed too powerful per se, and I think this one kind of falls into that as well. I think this is more like a fun build around card. Not something that's going to be a competitive all-star, but definitely something that uh, could be like fun for casual decks and like maybe powerful enough to do in a very concentrated deck to, that could you know make masters or something like that. Um, I think what's really interesting about it is the uh, the unit you know with gain its power equal to its armor 
and then whenever you gain life, you gain that much armor. Uh, first off, combined with the Combray, uh, the Combray card that. Uh, oh my gosh! What are you gonna use? Not a Lessie. No, it's not a Lessie. The uh, no, 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 no. The um. Oh, Stronghold the relic, Visage. Yes, Stronghold Visage. Thank you very much. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. The Stronghold Visage, every turn that makes Kasava gain at least, you know, two power overall. Um, it works really well with all the various life-gaining cards that are in both, you know, Combray and uh, in Argentport and, you know, just Justice in general. And the fact that she has lifesteal means that you're constantly getting more armor, right? You're just constantly getting more and more powerful. The Krasavas just feeds herself. Um, that could also work with relic weapons, help you do a little bit of beatdown. You're like maybe in like a fire time justice deck, you play this with Molten Fist, and if they can't answer one or the other, then you just, you just go crazy and win the game. Um, that's kind of where I see this card. Probably not super crazy, but um, at, at least at least a very cool interaction, nonetheless. Um, Tony, since you're our resident armory master and you're used to having that purple armor symbol next to your life total, um, what what do you think about this card? Um, well, okay, so I think that all, out of all of the uh, currently known uh, kind of cycle of this a legendary spell that draws you into a, a unit uh it feels like the best one um it's not much right because all of the other ones were very very bad but i i could see this one being played maybe not com competitively but like uh in a paladin focused kind of deck right mm. I, I think that yeah. one of the most important part about this card is that the unit is a paladin and paladin usually have uh, a lot of things in common. First of all, they like to buff each other. Uh, they like Warcry. They sometimes gain armor. Uh, for example, uh, Throne Warden. And, uh, you know, they, they have a little bit of synergy. We've seen some cards being Paladin that, uh, you know, that do really well with uh, other Paladins alongside them. And I, I feel like it w this card would slot kind of well into this the problem is that paying three to gain three armor to essentially guaranteeing a turn five play is not the strongest strongest thing in the world especially in a world where your turn three is playing a smuggler or a merchant and if you're not doing that you're already on the back foot like if you gain three armor for your turn and your opponent just just plays a unit you will lose that tree armor very very easily and also the fact that kesava is a five drop kind of competes with the, the actual paladin that gives you the most armor in throne warden so that's slightly awkward uh i i mean six health is is a lot yeah. and you know this could go it's it, like the card is extremely synergistic with itself and I think that's like the first or one of the few the, the first few rules of a good card is does this card have synergy with itself and the answer here is oh yes because <laughs> lifesteal armor gain attack life gain all of this is all combined within one or two cards uh, but in terms of power level I'm not sure it, it's quite up there with uh, you know, 
the the actual broken cards we already have and i think you know i've been saying that for every every basically every time we've been you know uh, kind of analyzing a new set but like every time we see a new set the bar goes up in terms of what is actually good what is actually broken except if it has great synergy and it i think it has good synergy but not great synergy and uh, i wouldn't call this a broken card i would call this like a nice card but that's about it so i mean it's yeah it, it's fun and you know it, it might run away with some games but the games that where you don't lose life from uh, from a turn three do nothing turn up until a five cost drop turn you know it's yeah yeah i mean you won't lose those games anyway <laughs> and if you're against control for example well they don't care about that unit they're just going to remove it anyway so you know for example let's say we're in a world where praxis pledge is the most popular deck <coughs> uh well i mean this would be interesting but Praxis Pledge is just going to aggro you out, so you're going to play this as a 0-6 with, sli with Lifesteal. And, you know, 0 attack doesn't synergize as well with Lifesteal. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure this is the greatest, color and the greatest card in the world, but it's cool, it's nice, I'm glad it's in the game. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a very cool and, uh, and definitely interesting card. Um, Overmaster. Give give us your thoughts now, and this is this was your spoiler, of course, too. So you've probably had the most time to stew on this. Uh, what what do you think? Um, I haven't thought a lot about it because I I, th uh, I think that like you guys, I don't think it's incredibly powerful for competitive play. But it if you look through the the cards in the Combray type of uh in in the Combray factions as and add in a little bit of shadow as well for for a card that we're going to talk about later on but it's Dizor's racket for the um for the for the draw uh, draw card aspect you can actually use this uh, uh, pretty effectively like you play Dizor's racket you play this card right mm -hmm. uh, to draw three cards uh, gain three armor you do lose the armor right so you're going to start still start out at six uh, zero six but every time you gain an armor uh, you get to draw a car card and uh, make this uh, um, you get to draw your two cards and you get to make this bigger and whatnot depending on depending on how 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 the draw steps work out and whatnot um, I think it's pretty powerful I'm more interested in why these are split up the way they are though there has to be a reason why in this case you can actually trigger inspire right you're creating and drawing yep. it so you uh, for so any sort of uh, like buff effects or reducing the cost for example in terms of journey guide it will trigger for this so um, not all of them not all of them uh, are actually units in this case, though. So, and so Inspire does not work with all of these particular cards. So I'm thinking maybe there's there's more spell-based synergy in the in the set, it's because you can you can recur the spell uh, uh, with uh, with that uh, two cost. Um, I can't remember the name of hmm. it right now. Uh, oh, reread, uh, reread, or something. Reread yeah, is re yeah. Okay, yeah. The the two cost spell you can recur this and actually get another. Um, another unit out of it uh but i think maybe there's even more 
uh, spell-based synergies in the set. And you can all, obviously, since they, they do trigger spells, you can put this in your Alessi deck. You get you get the trigger, right? You get the trigger Alessi. You get the armor. You get the three six potentially. Uh, I don't I don't know. You might not be on three six. Uh, you may not. You may even be even more uh, in terms of your health. You could be playing like Combra Healers or something like that. I don't know. Um, Combra Healer is fine with this card. I'm not too sure uh, how good it is with it because if you actually if you gain the health. Don't you you gain the armor and then you can trigger the um then you can trigger the Dizos racket. That's pretty sick, to be honest. And that's a nice engine to to work yourself up to. Sure the 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 the, the unit uh still stays at a zero six because you're gonna be losing all that uh, all that uh, health. And maybe that's why they had to make this deal double the damage to itself instead of just a single amount of damage for the Dizos racket. And maybe they, they, they found this particular deck in testing and it was too powerful. But it, it seems pre it seems pretty good in that. I I'm gonna definitely brew around with it. I don't expect it to be a competitive level uh, uh, deck, but I, I don't expect it to be anything less than something like Tier 3 if you really find the right engine, for example. I think that it's going to be a fun deck that you could take to Masters, low-level, maybe low-level Masters, maybe mid-level Masters, and uh, you could have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. yeah, I think that sounds about right. Definitely a cool card. Um, it'll be interesting to see the final two uh spoilers for this cycle as we go around i have a feeling that the other two are about to come out pretty soon uh but maybe they're not maybe they're hiding some for us maybe they're hiding some of the cycle we have the fire one and the shadow one i believe are the two that we haven't seen um we've seen the fire one we have seen the fire one yeah oh right that's right it's the oh, your yeah, yeah, plus the one worst yes, one. That, yes. One's, that one's pretty <laughs> insane to me well yeah obviously the the spell side of it is not very insane it's a way worse than uh than for example rally right even though it stays it's still mm -hmm. way worse than rally i i value personal buffs pretty highly so i don't i don't think it's quite worse than rally but um it's either way it's not it's not exciting yeah yeah, yeah. Right. um so at least the shadow one so i guess we'll see what happens i guess we'll see um yeah, thank you again, Overmaster, for the spoiler. Um, I, I, I wanted Wolf. to make sure oh. that Tony got his armor spoiler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dire Wolf, if you're listening, uh, thank you for, I guess, well, I mean, we bought it from you. But if you ever need help spoiling cards in the future, we're happy to oblige. <laughs> we're here for you. We are here for you. We are, we are so happy to help. Sometimes um, we criticize you, and sometimes we're here to spoil your cards. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I mean, even the criticism is out of love for the game. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, absolutely. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't be that upset at anything that they do for making my, you know, favorite game and you, you part know, of my, yeah, you mean, know, you know, if we were hating on the game, I don't think we would make a podcast. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think some people forget about that. I sometimes on Reddit and just other places, there's a lot of particularly salty members of the community. And that, that ain't me. Whenever I'm mad, it's just because I love the game and I want it to be better. Um, and I, you know, it's not anything personal or anything like that. I really do love this game and want to see it grow. Um, just as far as I can as make it grow. Definitely want more people in this game. And um it's amazing. So yeah, consider us wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Um, and to be okay. fair, I do want to say that Darwolf has gotten with this set in particular a lot better at things like communication and whatnot. Oh yeah, they, they've and, and yep. infinitely better. Yes, keep it up. Keep yeah. It up. 
Yeah, we just need to know when world is, and we're gonna be on our way. <laughs> you need to know when world is. I don't know. I, I, you guys are fine. Yeah. You, got, you still got a lot of chances to go. You're, you're, you're fine. I'm, yeah. I'm not scared. You're, you're gonna. <laughs> well, uh, what you're I do scared. care about is, uh, I care about that it not being on June 8th because I will be probably out of town that week. So uh, I do need to know when it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Without further ado, any other final things before we move on to our next session section? Um, no. Really. Okay, we're moving forward. We're trucking right on ahead. Uh, next, in addition to having uh, so conveniently, we were going to have Overmaster on beforehand. Spoiler card, and also just we you're long overdue for the podcast, and and hopefully there will be even more of your special appearances after this episode. Um, but we, we were particularly fortunate in uh, two of the three members in this call absolutely kicked butt this weekend in the ECQ. Um, and one of those members did not. So that member is going to tell his story in about 15 seconds and then ask the other two members how their ECQ went. So um, member that did poorly is me. And I played Praxis Pledge. And I went 9 and 11. I had some bad games, some rough draws, uh, some bad matchups. Uh, tears were shed. Uh, I was sad. And I dropped out. That was my experience. And I did not make day two. The end. All right. Let's first start with the person who made third place in this weekend's ECQ, the Overmaster. Top four. Um, so third I mean, tied for third. It's basically third place as far as I'm concerned. First off, humongous congratulations, in case it hasn't been said enough. Amazing appearance. Not an so easy feat nice, by, by any means. What? Community is so nice to me right now. All, <laughs> I've gotten so much congratulations. When I, if I'm popping into a Twitch channel, like I'm getting heaps of praise for it. It's it's nice. It's 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 felt really nice. Community is great. Awesome. Awesome job. Yeah. Awesome community. Good. Glad, glad to hear. I mean, it's a you know, huge, huge uh, accomplishment, certainly. Um, let's go ahead and just go by the rundown. Uh, why don't you first tell us uh, what deck that you played, for those that don't already know, and why you chose that deck. And then I guess, sort of as extension, how did it work out for you? That's sort of a three-part. The deck, why, uh, and how did it work out? Okay, so I chose Praxis Pledge. Um I did not have the same experience as Paradox did uh, in, in the games. Um, I, I I basically was... I I feel like if you're drawing well, that this deck is the best deck in the game. Um, if you if you draw average to poor, it, it, it can be stopped for sure. Uh, but um, if, you, if you're drawing well, and you need to draw well to win a tournament, um, uh, you, you, you definitely should be playing this deck if you're drawing well and whatnot, right? But... Um, I chose this particular version of the deck with Zuberias and whatnot, basically out of like out of thin air, almost like uh, Toes suggested it. Um, I don't know who else was also brewing with it and whatnot, but I know Toes was working on the deck a lot. I was actually working on FTP a lot, um, and I didn't, I didn't end up taking that, but it was pretty close to taking uh, FTP to the event. But um. Just to be sure, by, by toes you mean missing toes. Yes, right? missing toes. Yeah. Uh, okay. uh, so, sorry, I, uh, our our uh, our little nickname, our nicknames uh, probably won't go over well on there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, he suggested uh, Zuberi, and I was like, oh, 
that sounds pretty sweet. I'm just gonna slot that in there, and uh, instead of you know like Talir's intervention and whatnot. Um, actually, we never were gonna run Talir's intervention. Let's 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 be honest here. No, um, no, we never were. <laughs> but um, yeah, but Zuberi, it seemed like a fun card, and I like I it was there in place of actually mostly stems from Titan, right? And I. There were good reasons to run Zuberi because it makes you know your powerful draws even more powerful, and and uh, you can definitely get a large amount of blow up potential, especially in the mirror. Uh, you can basically stall out the board if I mean, uh, if if it ends up that way. Obviously, there are situations where in, in the mirror you go on the play and you just basically crush your opponent because there there's nothing they could do uh, because you're on the play and you got a teacher hit or an Amber and Stinger hit or whatever, and uh, th that 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 works out well. In your favor. However, if you're like on the draw, or if you don't get a particularly aggressive draw, um, Zuberi is actually incredible in the mirror because you basically uh, you're just running, drawing gas off the top, and uh, they have to go grab a purify to the market, you know, to, to to take out the first Zuberi, or if they're running purifies main, which which is what we did as well. That th that was a meta call. It was actually pretty uh, pretty good, but uh, I think that I could have gone down to two purifies. I think that they were a little awkward in some situations, but um, yeah, the 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 Zuberis, I mean, w w the first time you've ever pledged Isakalis and drew Zuberi off the top of your deck, and you're just like, holy. Crap! This is gonna be crazy this turn, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah, yeah because each um, glass hopper you draw at that point draws you another Sakalis, right? And so you're yeah. getting these double damage Sakalises for the rest of the game. It's just absolutely disgusting. And then if you attack with the Zuberi and you manage to, you know, luck sack your way into a Sakalis, it actually didn't happen to me in the tournament, but it did happen to me after the tournament, uh, just right before the I came on this podcast where I uh, I top decked a Sakalis off of a uh, Zuberi. Like, what is your opponent supposed to do? They can't do anything because it has invulnerable to damage, right? So, yep. um, it was a lot better than what even I thought it was going to be, right? I just, I, I kind of just put it in there because, I mean, it was going to be a 28-game tournament, and uh, uh, Zuberi seemed like a really fun option to, to include, <laughs> right? Like, uh, uh, Titan might even be, uh, might even have been the better choice. It's just, uh, uh, Zuberia seemed a lot more uh, more fun, and you know, instead of like having these board stalls that are even more board stally because you you ran a titan, uh, Zuberia like breaks them and it just leads to huge. Yeah, it was pretty good. Anyway, uh, in the in the run in the actual run, I went twenty one and seven, which is actually by far my best run. Right. Um, it was one of the top runs too. You were top ten, right? I was not actually. There was a lot of people who did really well. I went oh. fifteenth. Yeah, oh, wow. okay. kind of crazy. I thought I would have finished way higher with a twenty-one and seven run, but there were some people like Gozu, for example, who finished twenty-five and three, also running a similar deck. Um, but yeah, in the uh, in the actual top sixty-four, I played Rabbit first round, who was on Stone Scar, and um, it, it didn't matter that that matchup is actually, in general, pretty bad for Praxis Pledge. The the draws that I had were just um, unbelievable. Um, I I came back into the uh, I came back and talked to, to the SBG guys after that uh, that round, and uh, I was chuckling gleefully. It was it was uh, <laughs> it was it was some good times. And then I faced against FTP, which is a good matchup. And then I faced against uh, Pledge twice, I believe. And then I faced against um, 
the 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 person uh, sitting uh, or or talking with us in this call, Tony, and um, that's that's where my run uh, kind of uh, got brought brought down to size. Uh, wh why don't you go ahead and tell 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 them about your run there, Tony? Uh, yeah, I mean, for day one, I went 20 and 8. I was actually 20 and 6 or 20 and 5 or something, and then I lost a couple at the end. But, like, you know, when you get to 20 wins, like, I just really didn't care about the rest. Like, I was in, and the, like, being first or being last doesn't matter. You're in, and, like, you don't know exactly who you're going to be against, and it's all matchup lottery from now on. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't care as much, but I... I don't mean that I threw the game, just like I, I, the pressure was off and I was just like playing those games a bit more loosely and yeah, I made uh, a lot of mistakes in the last two ones. So yeah, I mean, 20 and 8, it, it was pretty nice. I was, I don't know, like uh, 25th or something or I, I don't exactly know what was my rank. I think 24th or something like that. I think I was the on the higher end of the 20 and 8 kind of bracket, but yeah, um, First, first game in the day two, oh, I was versus... Real, real quickly, real quickly. What, oh. what did you play? Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I played FJS. Um, and the reason is, well, first of all, uh, I think that for uh, tournaments like this, uh, your prime... My, my first rule of thumb is to play com comfort. And to me, like, I'm a two-trick pony, right? FJS and Feln. And Feln wasn't that great uh, in, in this meta, so, well, I mean, only FJS was left. <laughs> but uh, on a bit deeper level, I think that FJS was very, very, very good against Praxis. I think that, like, everybody knew that the Boogeyman was Praxis. And it, I, I played a, 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 a bit of Praxis Pledge, but I, I felt like I wasn't comfortable enough in the thousand and thousand of mirrors I was going to to face so I wanted to go with something that was a what what seemed to me like a clear counter to to uh, to Praxis just because like you have Vera you have Defiance you have Torch you have Maiden you have Rizan you have like and you just put a plate in the market and then like the amount of times where you just play a unit play plate on it and you just like either stronghold you, you just block for the rest of the the game up until you play the resin you go over them or you just attack and you you hope that you don't draw uh the little scorpions like the little one ones and that's it right that that game plan has been very very nice for me in the i i've played praxis i like in in, in day two i've played praxis three times and uh the, yeah it it so i i was very happy about uh uh, that matchup, and I, I also thought that um, people, uh, we've seen that people were trying to counter Praxis with greedier time midrange, right? People playing Cerso, uh, people going with like, I mean, we've seen Yodabite playing his Elysian Rod and all that. I, I didn't think that that deck was going to be uh, super, like, have much representation, but uh, I felt like time midrange uh, was kind of upping its game. Uh, and I, I felt like Maiden was the MVP of this tournament. I felt like if, if I want to bet my life on the card, Maiden would, would have to be the card. So, uh, and then I just like built four ofs, right? I think that the FJS built kind, kind of 
itself. I took uh, a, an old FGS list. I changed like five, six cards. I put like four Defiance and two Annihilates. Uh, I, I, I had a, a version with Rune Hammers. And I, I cut the Rune Hammers. And I had like a power in the market that I cut. And then I put back in. And so I, I changed a few cards. But overall, I feel like, you know, everybody knows FGS. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I just felt like... Uh, the meta was very, very well suited for uh, FGS. And also, like, that's something that I think we've seen, uh, not just in this game, in any video game, is that when a nerf happens, people overreact to the nerf. Yes. Uh, I feel like, you know, pe people saw the two, the two smugglers, the two FGS smugglers get nerfed. And, you know, that kind of was what the, broke the camel's back for some people. And... I feel like, yes, of course, those nerfs are somewhat significant, but the, 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 as I rented for a long time in the previous podcast, I feel like the merchant's power level is uh, about drawing cards from your market anyway. Like, the actual fact that you draw a card because you, you proc fate, or just the fact that, you know, it's, it's just like you trade your dead cards for life cards for this matchup, and it's so, so, so powerful. So, even if uh, the Red Cannon Smuggler is a 2-1, even if the Argent Port Smuggler is a 2-2, I mean, they still did their jobs. Like, the double damage on Red Cannon Smuggler was so, so good in this event. Like, yeah, the amount of plates I put on that, that guy, or that <laughs> girl, rather. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I felt like people kind of overreacted. We saw, like... FGS was extremely underrepresented in that tournament. I think that we were like three FGS yes. in that whole 64. Basically extinct. Uh, it was basically extinct. It just... Yeah. yeah. And that's really one of yeah. the reasons why Praxis Pledge was allowed to thrive, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so so I, I kind of gambled a bit because like FTP was also a, a nice... Uh, what I, At least in my opinion, felt like a nice uh, deck... Like, just all around. I feel like FTP is the all-around good deck. It doesn't have that many terrible matchups. It, it has some slightly bad matchups and some good matchups. But, you know, it, it it's pretty much an all-arounder. And uh, I, I felt FGS, like, though. you know... It um, does crush FJS, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that was my gamble. I was like, okay, I'm giving up this FTP matchup. And I'm just going to try to win these like Stone Scar and uh, Praxis matchups. Like I, I destroyed Stone Scar up until the finals, of course, where I got destroyed. But uh, I, I, I was very, very happy about my Stone Scar matchup as well. So, uh, yeah, in the day two, I faced uh, MC M Costa. Uh, Matt Costa. He was playing like Praxis Pledge. Matt Costa. Huh? He's a professional Magic player. Oh yeah, so I've heard. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know magic players, so I, I, ah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it was I, I won two zero in thirteen turns overall, and I felt like that was the, the, the. Uh, I mean, not. I, I mean, no disrespect to to the player. I just like it was the easiest game of my whole run. Uh, I think it's just because how the. The games played out, not because like I, he's bad or anything. It's just like I felt like I had some very solid draws, and I drew Veras, and I drew torches, and the defiances, and I drew maidens. And when like I, I remember game two, I just played Ma uh, Vera 
on four. He he didn't sack anything, and Vera kept being there for the whole game, and that was it. I just put a plate on Vera, and on turn six I won. Like I swung twice with Vera, once on turn five, once on turn six, and I won. So I I don't know. That was very very straightforward. But I mean, it it I I felt like that was kind of the high roll of the Praxis matchup. Afterwards, I was versus Enclave. And, uh, cryptologist, uh, I won two to one. Uh, he was on Stone Scar Aggro, but the version with so much burn. He had uh, four flame blasts and I believe four obliterates, and like it, it, it was crazy. He just had like all all burn, and I I barely won. That was very close. Uh, afterwards, another Praxis pledge. Uh, I won two zero, and then like what. What I thought was going to be my demise, Dark Revenger on FTP, but I, I won game one. Uh, I think you know they didn't draw extremely well, and I just got the aggro very early, and I think they were forced to use their equivocates on some uh, poor targets, and then uh, I don't remember. I think I put a plate on something and I won, but uh, uh, so yeah, win in nine turns uh, in versus FTP. That well, that's pretty rare. I feel like this is one of the decks. Where you really have to grind because, you know, FTP is very good at defense and it's very good at grinding out. So uh, I, I thought that was going to be my demise. And then, you know, game two, I got lucky. Uh, they got power screwed and, you know, it just, eh, I just got lucky. <laughs> and then, like, afterwards, um, uh, well, Overmaster and I played... Uh, uh, 2-0, but I think that, that was like the hardest of all the Praxis matchups I played pretty much the whole weekend. I felt like Zuberi game one, like Zuberi uh, did, like it, it was scary because, you know, when, when you're FJS and you're playing against uh, a deck that has Titan, you can take the five or you can just block with Vera or something or you can, you know, you can create stalls with a Titan on the board, but you cannot create stalls when Zuberi is on the board, right? So you really have to kill it. And I, I think there was, uh, like, you stuck Zuberi and you attacked, and then you played, like, a huge... A huge, um, huge Heart of the Vault. I was like, oh my god. And then, you know, I I, I had fortunate draws uh, going forward, and, um, and I, I think, like, both games, uh, I think I was very, very close to dying, but just, like... I, I was able to turn the corner and then like a plate on like I I remember last game a plate on um Rizan. a uh, on the Rizan. Yeah, on the Rizan, yeah. And yeah, that was it. Uh, it sounds like you remember dreams. this like a nightmare. <laughs> well haunted me in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I think I was at two health at, at, at one point yeah. and I was like, okay. I if, put you if, down to three health at one point because I, I wanted to, because uh, I knew that you if you had top decked any lifesteal, like I was done, right? So I just was like, mm -hmm. boom. Put you, I remember remember the Purify play. Like I, I made the, to, yeah. to not to not give you that extra bit of health. Yeah, the, that that yeah. was that was on a on a whim to get a to get a torch off the top. I would have won that game too, mm -hmm. but uh, alas, it was not to be. Yeah, and and then uh, faced off Manu S in the finals, and uh, 
mold down to six game one, which was unfortunate, and game two uh, just didn't go my way. The flame stoker really did a number on me, and uh, a lot of a lot of burn, right? Like when when you're like, okay, I know he doesn't have any other removal in hand. You play the maiden or something, or you play Vera, and then like obliterate comes off, and you're like, oh god damn it, that was my unit. Come on, man. <laughs> and like yeah, a lot of beat down. And Manu also was very very good at holding. It's it's cards in his hand, just putting just the right amount of pressure. And you, you I remember you also did that very well, Overmaster. Uh, I think it was game one where I was forced to harsh rule, basically Nothing. like three, uh, three units, three power yeah. on the board. Yeah, yeah, that felt bad. Two glasshoppers <laughs> and a and a uh, initiate, I think it was right. Mm. Now that takes me off a yeah. lot of power, so it makes it a little bit uh, harder for me to like put a Daria into play and getting like a, a Daria to play. Um, on on something um that that could give me enough reach but uh yeah i had three darius in my hand i kept did i have three oh yeah I had three darius in you my had hand so many and darius. and i didn't play a single one i was like no you were you were playing this harsh rule <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah that felt bad uh but yeah manu did, did kind of the same thing of like holding like just putting enough just enough pressure so that i have to feel pressed but also, if I play harsh rule, he has a lot of gas left still in the tank. So, uh, yeah, that that felt like such a hard matchup, and um, I don't know. I felt like I was favored going forward, just uh, like going into that matchup, just because uh, you know I I felt like I I, I had the stone scar matchup figured out, but I felt like Manu had just enough uh, other new cards that I hadn't seen from other players that like I was kind of taking it back and. Yeah, uh, you really, really can't stumble in the, in the best of three. Like losing a game is so crippling and thousand uh, dollar yeah, money you, match. Yeah. Yep. Oh god. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still glad, but uh, another thousand bucks would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was. Um... Yeah. Totally incredible to see both of you do so well. Uh, having you go off. Uh, and uh, to fighting for a slot in the finals was was both epic and tragic all at the same time. Oh it yeah, surreal. that felt bad. It was surreal totally. to have SMG uh, an SMG Worlds qualification. It, it would have been way better if we were both in the uh, in the finals. Oh, if it was finals, I mean that that would have been would oh, have been the dream. Yeah. But bracket didn't line up that way. Um, still totally great. We guaranteed one person going in and overmaster at this point, you're at the very least in the showdown now for sure. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent with the, with just that finish, but, uh, a top 16 would have gotten me into it. Would so. have gotten it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I believe I am also still qualified. Yes, I haven't I checked. checked the points or anything. I checked I, oh. and you're still in, you're at seven points, Perfect. right? Yes. Yeah. So you're definitely in. Yeah. Great. Well then that, that gives us all at least a, another decent chance at getting in and meeting up with Tony once again in the, uh, in the world's qualifier or in the world competition. And uh, we already have trumpets qualified too, which is, which is yeah. great. Trumpets qualified for worlds. So that's two SBG out of the, uh, out of the six ECQs. So I guess out of the 12, we have two going in, which is probably the most out of any team to already be qualified for worlds. Um, friends of um, eternal has three. Friend, okay. Uh, supposedly. Okay. I guess, I, I guess friends what... of eternal. Yeah. I don't know what that. But they're, they're like so such an open team, team and, that it's hard to to yeah. know like who who's who joined afterward or joined before. Like we haven't had a lot of uh, team changes here, right? We've had a yeah. couple of additions, but like it, it's not like we've reshuffled the team around a couple of times uh, since. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's fair. So yeah, prob probably I, I, them. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know if like 
Friends of Eternal called themselves a team. Like I, 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 and I don't want to sound disrespectful or anything. I just feel like they're uh, how they are built is more like a community, more so than like strictly a team. But I mean, they have a tag and they they practice against each other, right? So that that's a team, yep. right? So maybe. Yeah, never mind. There are two. Just with a different open. structure than what we're, we're used to see, right? The old guards, the old teams like, you know, ET and SPG and now like TRS and uh, the Great Parliament, right? All these teams are kind of closed. You get an invite, you kind of show up, you do your thing, and then you're in or you're out or whatever. But uh, yeah, this it's, it's interesting to see like a more open-ended kind of uh, approach and it seems to be paying off very, very well for them. Yeah, I mean, they've been definitely putting up stellar results and, and uh, producing a lot of people to qualify. Um, so yeah, regardless, congratulations to, to them, to us, and uh, ECQs are finally done. We are now on our way into the, quali- or the, uh, the challenges and the showdown, and then eventually Worlds. We will... Yeah, we're, it's 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 exciting. This is kind of what it's all been culminating to, and one of their most recent um, tweets suggests that there's going to be more seasons after this one, which I kind of expected. But you know, you always it's good to hear, good to you know have confirmation that the competitive circuit from them is going to continue to go forward, and I'm definitely excited to see what uh, what's in store. Um, Hopefully, it won't be top sixty four single elimination next time. <laughs> oh no, it, it won't. It won't. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they change the format. It's definitely something I want to do an episode about once uh, once things get a little bit closer to the end of, of Worlds and we can sort of debrief over the whole roller coaster ride for all of its, you know, better for worse, up and downs and everything that's uh, that's happened between now and then. Um, but yeah, once again, congratulations to both of you. I think now we're going to going to have one more one more topic we want to talk about a little bit just uh some of the spoilers that we've been getting so far um actually i want to i want to add another little topic in here real quick uh, i want to ask you both about what you think about the newest mechanic spoiled today which is shift and shifting um this is definitely a just very interesting mechanic uh, very close to suspend in magic i believe in a lot of ways so like phasing but kind of just got its own real thing. It's very, it's very unique, and um, definitely interesting with a lot of the cards that we have spoiled so far. Um, Overmaster, what do you, you're a longtime Magic player, so this is something that's at least a little bit familiar to you. Uh, what do you think about the shift mechanic? Um. Okay, so there, there's there's a few things that I, I like about the mechanic, and a few things I don't. Right. Um, mm-hmm. From a design perspective, I mean, suspend is interesting which is the what the mechanic was in magic um uh, where you basically paid a mana cost and you put it 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 goes into your remove from game zone and you get to play it in a couple of turns right um that is kind of what this is you're but instead you're you're paying uh, an upfront cost and you get three turns you get an exact turn count whereas in in magic it, it, it specified the turn count right uh turn yeah. count so it's a little harder to uh, it, it was on on you could easily balance cards a little bit better in Magic with with the previous way because, like, um, in, in this way, everything is balanced around the same three turn slot. So you have to now balance the the power cost around it, right? And and um, you you could I don't know. 
I do I do like uh, it, it is different. It is different in this way. Uh, I, there's also um, a mechanic of magic called phasing that that's basically similar to what this is. Like if you shift something, uh, basically. Um, it it, it it turns over or something like that right I, I don't know how how it'll be labeled but um uh, I think it label labels it like um it'll it'll have three crystals around it and each each time a a uh, turn progresses forth it'll take away a crystal and then it flips and then it, it has charge because it's already in play and it gets unblockable that turn which is which is interesting and broken at the same time I think that that I think that maybe maybe that's a little too much. Uh, the unblockable because it can lead to huge blowouts. Even the the Stone Scar Smuggler, which is um, which is a uh, three cost two for two. Yeah, yeah. It's just a three cost shift, right? So in three turns, you can you can either play it as a three cost three two, or you can you can play it for a shift cost, and then uh, and then three turns later you can uh, you can attack your opponent with it. Well, what if you grab a plate, right? That's eight of blockable damage on that turn. That's really hard to defend against. You have to either have fast speed removal. Um, ah, you, you just basically have to have fast speed removal, right? Or you have to have a um, a sweeper effect of some kind because you can't click on the target. You can't click on um, these cards, right? Anything that requires a click uh, of your of your mouse will not work while it is uh, shifted, quote unquote. So um, that means that you can't, for example, put put plate on it or something. Obviously, you can't put weapons on it while while it's shifted. But there's a a, a lot of other weirder interactions that all you have to remember uh, in order to figure out if it works or not is if you click on uh, is if you can click on it. It it doesn't work on a shifted target, and if like it it has like some sort of sweeper type effect or stand together, which is disgusting. I have to say, uh, being able to stand together oh your own shifted units. Ugh. That's that's going to be quite a blowout for sure. I didn't think about that until just now. Wow, you're you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's good thing Barra's in the game, I guess. Or I mean, there's words I haven't said in a while. <laughs> but <laughs> good um, thing. yes, but um, yeah. good thing that card that's been the bane of your existence since it came out is in the game, right? Uh, I know, just I to know. balance a uh, a potentially uh, potentially busted mechanic that's coming out. Um, yeah, some. I mean. The actual cards. I mean, obviously, I'm excited for Remembrance, right? I mean, come on, it's a, it's a play a unit from your void. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'm king. I am basically the king of recursion, right? Uh, I, I, I just love recursion and uh, any anything that says play a unit from your void or, or or bring it back or dark return type effect. I'm, I'm, I'm all for. So, um, and and it gets shift. That means it, it still has the summon effect, though, right? It still has the summon effect. So it's, um. So, or the passive ability still goes on. So yes, it has both summons and passives. Yeah. So, it, it, anything like, for example, um, we were talking about it, uh, the Howling Peak Smuggler, right? You you rebuy a Howling Peak Smuggler, um, and you still get the the plus one to your spell effects, and you get the summon, and uh, and all it is is you know it doesn't even matter. It's a two two body. Like, why would you care about it being in play? Right. Uh, well, you care about a little bit, but not not to the same extent, right? Um, yeah. So, I I both like and dislike it because the, it's going to be hard to balance around, and if there's something broken, it's going to be very it's going to be very hard to stop this kind of broken thing because of the unblockable nature of it. I think. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess I'll just say my spiel. I think the thing that's most interesting about it, one is the fact that it doesn't. The units don't or still die to board wipes. Um, 
Like, I want to say that's a little bit disappointing, but the fact that they do have their passive effects and that it does come out as a unblockable unit is pretty cool. It does allow you to sort of force timing windows in that you, you know, they kind of know, it's like a little bomb. You put a bomb on the field and they can wipe away all the bombs and everything else in the process. But if they don't have board wipes, then they just get to go, okay, and, you know, two more ticks or one more tick, uh, this bomb's going to go off. And it's going to be a chunk of damage. With the right round of setup, it could be a lot of damage. And uh, if they protect it, then that's just something I really got to deal with. And I think that's where it's going to be most interesting. Um, like, if you've ever played with sites, you know that like being able to plan for the unit to come down, you can often protect it in some way or another, given the right deck and the right cards. Because you get a unit for free that turn. And that allows you to have counter magic open or you know negate effects a lot more easily, um, so on and so forth. So I think the I think the unblockable part is a little bit balanced about it, and that does help it a little bit more. Um, it, it's it's gonna I think it's ultimately just gonna depend on how they how they balance the shift cards in general because gonna you be are gonna give up yeah, yes. You're gonna. It's gonna be card by card basis, as most mechanics are. You you do give up so much on the board by playing a unit shifted, and so time mid range decks are gonna just like be so happy that you're playing a unit shifted. You know what I mean? They're just like and just beat down decks in general. Um, so if they make good big and mid rangey big mid rangey shifted cards, that's gonna help aggressive decks uh, and you know aggressive mid range decks. Um, and vice versa, it's also going to, um, I don't know, it's going to be one of those things where sometimes it'll help, it'll, it'll help aggro by having shifted units, they'll be able to play them and protect them, but then there's other times where you're going to just slow down your clock by playing units that are intended to be shifted as opposed to, um, you know, more on curve. Um, of the cards we have spoiled, uh, though it's not a unit. The card phase out looks absolutely insane now that we understand what shift is. That's one time, uh, one power for just a single, just a one cost time spell that says choose a unit and shift it. I mean, that's just delete a unit for three turns. Um, yep. This, this, this is really good. I, I can't, that's got to be just like a, a constructive playable powerful card. I mean, that's like the best time removal now at this point. Um, and I will say yeah. that um, a lot of people are going to think about that in terms of the offensive aspect, but I think uh, the the idea of shifting out your own units uh, is going to be something pretty crazy because you can yeah. do things like uh, shift out your own Mystic Ascendant or something like that, right? And um, oh like, man, yeah, shift out your own. It still gains the passive effect, but now they can't. It can't be interacted with by normal normal means besides like a harsh rule. And then in like a couple turns after you've gained the value back out of it, um, you can now attack or a lessy or something like that, right? Uh, your lessy comes back as like a. Uh, it still triggers, right? It still gets bigger, and it comes back as like this 10, 10, 11, 11 unblockable unit uh, on that turn. Just it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, man. When you said Mystic Voda Ascendant, can. oh my God, Voda! You phase out Voda can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. This, this, I, yeah. It's it's so versatile. For one cost, you can do a lot, and I imagine this seeing a lot of play in time decks going forward. Like probably just being yep. a staple. Um, when you said Mystic Ascendant, I know somewhere out there, Bruce by God's like ears perked up, and he, you know, got excited. Yeah, he just got a new protect. Doesn't? Yeah, just and he it's doesn't know why. Book. He just got very happy yeah. for some reason. <laughs> um of the of the units though 
Uh, we saw a Zolta loyalist today, the Justice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's like a um, when a it's a Paladin oath book on a six six <laughs> endurance. Um, I think that's really sweet. It's three cost shift. Um, that's pretty cool. I think that's going to be uh, probably a, a pretty widely played card. Um, and then of course the other one that's just just kind of a no brainer, not really featuring shift in its normal function, but uh, Rost the um, the primal. Uh, the walking guardian, the walking glacier, my mistake. Ross, the walking glacier, the uh, five primal influence uh, primal card. It just overwhelm warp. It's a seven seven overwhelm warp for five, which is just you know pretty good. And then now that we know what shift is, it just keeps coming back. It says entomb, it play him shifted. So you can't play him shifted initially, but whenever it dies, it comes back shifted. And so it just it's, so it's like a fixed mukto. It just always comes back in three turns. To fight again and it's an it's uh you know unblockable charge when it does um i think that actually just makes ross the best primal unit ever printed at this point like mono primal unit like hands down um dusk raider no i think this i think this is stronger than dusk raider um I, i'll put it above dusk i mean it's, it's less versatile than dusk raider but in terms of like you play this and you're scared uh, I mean, there's less answers for Rust than there is for Dusk Raider. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I value, I value the. I Dusk Raider. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely top three, um, and it's an easy top three because there's only. I think it's. I think it's Dusk Raider, Yotan Feast Caller, and and Rost. and I guess Yotan Hurler, but we don't really count that as a unit. It's a snowball attached to a market card. Um, is Hailstorm a unit? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe um, that Jotun Hurler got yes. nerfed. That's that's hilarious. Like I mean, obviously it needed to be nerfed and it should have been nerfed, but it it's just hilarious that the market mechanic's so powerful that, that a, a five cost a four four had to be nerfed to five cost three three. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, all things aside, I I actually really like the uh, the mechanic. Um, Tony, what uh, what are your thoughts on the mechanic? Um. As you guys said, it's heavily dependent on the unit. Uh, this any I, I feel like I'm I'm not so hype on Rust um, really? because it doesn't have any passive effect. I'm super hyped on the Justice one though. I think the, oh, just, yeah. the, just, the Justice one is insane because like for uh, for Rakano Agro or even like. Argentport mid or whatever like there's there's so many decks that really really want this card for example you in Argentport mid you were kind of on defense about playing the uh the three cost four three double shadow uh minotaur uh and yeah and now you you play it on three and on four you play Zolta loyalist and you attack with the five four and you draw a card or whatever right so like the plus one plus one really matters, and uh, it, it's just such a good body, and it has unblockable and basically charge when it goes off. So, on on turn six, you're somewhat guaranteed like six damage, and in in uh, in Rakano Agro, you have a lot of weapons, so that's not just six damage. That's I don't know, up to 11, I guess. And if you have Warcry on top of that, then, oh, geez, that's that's a whole lot of damage, right? So the fact that when it the shift ends or whatever, you can attack and it has unblockable, actually uh, the unblockable part of the, the mechanic is very, very strong. And, you know, besides Harsh Rule, what kills 
Zolta. Nothing, right? Like double hailstorm, I guess. <laughs> that that's it. Like harsh. If um, the new is a played mechanic. Pristine light. I don't know what that card it's is. The justice kill all. Uh, the 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 mass oh, vanquish. Oh, you're right. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a broken card. Never mind. Yeah, that that <laughs> that thing is broken. Yeah, you're right. But. Yeah, my point is you're gonna have to be in justice to beat that card. Oh well, you remember when we had that argument about all have being forced to be in a certain faction to beat this uh, uh, very pushed <laughs> I, card? I remember yeah, those me. days. Um, what what time? What around what time was that? <laughs> uh, I think it was maybe a year ago when Argent Port Mint was the best deck for about six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we'll see about that, right? There's so many things that are changing, but I think Zoltal Noyalis is by far the best shift card. Uh, the reason I'm not too keen on um, on Rust is that historically, big standard units have been okay at best. And yes, this gets recursion, but three turns is a whole lot. When, you're, when you invest a five cost and a heavy influence price, right? Uh, because in any deck besides Mono Primal, this can not be a turn five blade. It could be seven a turn six play, or whatever. Seven eight or yeah. Yeah. So so like let's say this is like dream scenario. You play this at uh, on five. Oh, and uh, the new power. Huh? The new power is gonna make uh, make yeah. it a lot easier yeah, yeah, to yeah. get these in dual faction. Uh, I completely yeah. agree. I completely agree. To be perfectly honest, I think I'd like to play Fel mid with the two big <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, fi five influence guys and just all double influence powers. Uh, I don't know we'll we'll talk about that uh, when the set comes. But yeah, it's like it's like when you play this. Yes, it's a big guy, but you kill it with. A whole lot of removal, right? You know, removal is still very, very strong. And then you 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 still have to wait three turns. And the the, the card uh, that's gonna kill Rost costs less than five. So yes, in a very long game, Rost can win you the game, right? If they don't have Maiden or Silence or I don't know something else we haven't seen a counter to shift yet but i'm guessing that if shift is a very played like a a very popular me mechanic and a uh, powerful mechanic there will print in the next adventure something that kind of counter shift right that's what they've been doing they've been pushing a certain kind of card and then they print the counter in the next expansion or next adventure right so i if shift is something that's very strong we're going to see something that's like uh, cards cannot get shifted or whatever, right? Uh, three cost, uh, three four flyer with overwhelm. Uh, your opponent cannot play shift or something. <laughs> yeah, right? something like that. Uh, that do do yeah. you still have nightmares about that card, Tony? I'm so glad it's not played anymore. But at the same time, so is Armory. Armory is not played anymore. I think last podcast I said that uh, Armory was going to be flavor of like the day or something. <laughs> <laughs> that the the. the, the Armory's ring was going to be very, very short, and well, there you go. Nobody, nobody plays Armory anymore. It's been like, I don't know. We, we, we've. I played Armory for the the first three days of the uh, the new balance patch, and afterwards we just figured out it was. So it's very bad. But okay. Yeah, okay, going back to shift, I think that uh, uh you really, really want to have shift alongside a passive effect, as you guys said. So that's why I feel like Rust is. 
might see play in a big guys kind of deck, but besides that, eh, I'm not sure. Also, keeping the fact that you, if you're gated by the influence cost and you play this in Mono Primal, Mono Primal sucks. Like it's not good. You have Permafrost. You have this. You have a five cost four four with Aegis, and you have the Raka, I guess, which is a seven cost seven seven hey, with hey, Overwhelm. We <laughs> got some. Seven, we got seven. some sweet primal cards oh, on the yeah. horizon. There's there's some some good stuff so there's far. There's a removal spoilers. spell that people yeah, are let's, down on, let's, but uh oh, uh, the removal spell is super good. I, the two cost deal seven damage. Your opponent uh, plays a power. This this is very good. It's bananas. It's so good. In most case scenarios, like, it, in the early game, yes, it matters. You, you will never use this as a turn two play, right? Because, of course, going from two to four uh, mana is insane. But going to, like, eight to nine doesn't matter. So oh. in the later stages of the game, I, this is just another removal. I, I, I didn't know this was a, a, a baby podcast. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit him on two. Whatever. I'll do it. I'll go and give me your four drops. I'll take. I'll, I'll hit those flies? two. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play that card? Like that. That card so, so, sounds like an insane card, but uh, yeah. I mean, Tony's right. I I think it's somewhere in the middle, to be honest. That that you 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 don't want them to go to like five to six or something like that, but it, um. Or you do you you can you can afford for them to go to from five to six, but like to, two to four is um not. Yeah, I mean, yes. I think it's what it's gonna come down to is like if you just need to remove it, you need to remove it, and like, yeah. uh, I mean, you, yeah, it's not. I was I was mostly just joking. You're you're not you're gonna not want to play this on turn two if you don't have to, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, you know, sometimes you just gotta do that, and sometimes it'll if anything it'll just be better for you, right? You, you just you're getting a unit off when you had no other option. Uh, yeah, the decision does come into play depleted. That's actually I don't know if if like Ross was in the game like in this ECQ, it would see play. And uh, if JS would have been even better, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, so speaking of, we 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 ended a little bit there before we got onto our ice bolt discussion. We had a, we had a quick glimpse of of armory and whatnot, and so this is actually a nice segue into our final topic here, which is that uh, we're each gonna each go around and talk about our favorite card spoiled so far, other than the card that we got to spoil today, because that card will always be number one in my heart just because i got to spoil it but as far as gameplay goes and just everything else what card is an individual one card is everybody most exciting for and since this is part of the segue tony why don't you go ahead and lead us off um when i saw this card i i something warred my heart it's like direwolf kind of embraced what you know, it, it embraced armory, and I uh, I was very very glad. Illicit armament, two cost, one shadow influence. Give your relic weapon plus four plus two. That card, if relic weapons are a thing, that card is going to be so so good. You know, sometimes when when people say, oh yeah. Uh, Artisan is bad. Well, now Artisan is bad because your two cost is now going to be Illicit Armament. <laughs> it's not going to be <laughs> it's not going to be uh, um, Artisan anymore. That card is is very very strong and two cost is so cheap for that effect, right? Like you you can play like a Rune Hammer, get a two for one, and uh, I, and then play this and get like it's now 
a 8-3 rune hammer. Uh, it's it's so good and like you pair this you there are gonna be games where you're gonna play a, a weapon and you're gonna play like two illicit armaments in the on the weapon oh God. right <laughs> and that's gonna be insane and I mean that's somewhat of a hard rule but for example versus something like I don't know huru control I don't know if that's gonna be a thing I don't know whatever but let's say we're against huru control you play sword of Vicarion two and then you play two illicit armaments on uh sorry sort of a on three and then two list armaments on, on four yeah i think you just won the game <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know I'm, I'm very very glad this card exists i'm not even sure if armory is gonna still be a thing right that could could not be whatever i, I just feel like this is the kind of love armory really wants i think i've crossed the armory really needs some card draw i don't think that's gonna happen but this is right down my alley I'm going to play Armory and Fel when the expansion comes, as I always do. So, yeah, I'm just going to stick on my two tricks, and I'm going to die with them. <laughs> uh, to, to all of you in the dating scene, um, find somebody who looks at you the way that Tony looks at illicit armaments, and that will be, that'll be the person for you. Um, yeah. Overmaster, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your card? Um, the card that I... Uh... That I like the most, obviously, besides the uh, card we uh, spoiled today, um, but uh, is also a uh, a card that references armor, but in a very different way. Um, it's a four cost double shadow relic. It's called Diesel's Racket, and it says when you gain armor, draw that many cards and take twice that much damage. Now this isn't very, this isn't actually very good with uh, relic weapons besides the uh, Orc Runehammer, right? Um, because if you like play a sword of the sky king you're just going to uh, lose uh, lose 8 health and uh, draw 8 cards like i mean that's which by the way it's pretty insane in in and of itself but i think you can pair it with for example the spoiler uh you you pay 3 you draw 3 uh you lose your whatever you, you lose your 3 health because you gain the armor then you lose 6 health so you're going to just lose 3 in the end and every single time you play an armor spell uh or unit um you get to draw that much armor, uh, draw that that many cards, and it's just an insane value engine. Imagine playing Diesel's Racket on turn four. I know it's a do nothing relic. It's it's kind of you know uh, the you play play pay for it has to be doing something extremely powerful because you have to provide some sort of setup for it because you're gonna die if you just play this on four and you have no setup. But then you jam a Throne Warden the next turn, draw four cards, like. That's just an insane value play, and there are just there there are a ton of things you can you can do. Um, like I mean, obviously you don't want to play things like reinforce or things like that, but you can play things like um, tax collector or something like that. You play like your unit based combat. They, they die. You gain an armor, and you uh, you you gain the armor, but you lose the health, and you draw a card every single time. And you play th you play your Roland's favor in it. You gain two you you draw two cards and draw power from your deck, like. All of this is just absolutely insane. And then if you like combine it with, um, if you come, uh, you can combine it with like things like plated demolisher. But I don't think that's actually pretty good because then you lose the armor, which is lol. <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely lol. Imagine you play this with unbreakable, no, <laughs> unbreakable alliance. <laughs> but, uh, no, but with, I, but things I, like uh, if you if you 
expand it to three faction instead of just dual faction, right? You can actually include with a, a, a lessee, right? And you play spells and you get to draw cards every single um, time, which is pretty insane. Stronghold's Visage gets to, to, to draw you yeah. cards as well as you gain armor. Like, that, th- I mean... There are some pretty insane things you could be doing with this with this card, and I'm I'm kind of excited to brew with it. It's yeah. You know, I already had the visage in my mind, but I hadn't considered Alessi, and now we know why they put armor on it. Actually, no, we still don't. But that's <laughs> that's a reason why it, you know it's at least some reason why no armor could be there. Um, yeah, it seems like a sweet card. It seems like a sweet card. I don't know how powerful it's going to be. It's either going to be like 0 out of 10 or 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? It's going to like make or break a deck. But the fact that Calderon Cradle has been seeing play in some top 10 decks on ladder and stuff like that, it makes me think that stuff like this is totally viable, totally possible. Um, yeah, it's a sweet yeah, card. Yeah. For me, the two honorable mentions go to the two best primal cards spoiled so far, and that's Rost and Ice Bolt, or... I believe that's what it is. Ice Bolt? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Ice Bolt. Ice Bolt. Um, it's a, it's a pretty totally generic insane. name, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. I was just making sure it wasn't yeah. anything more fancy. Uh, honorable mentions to them. I think both. I would be playing both of them a ton, and I do love Primal a whole bunch. I'm very excited to see it get some good cards that both look very fun. But truly, the card I'm most excited for is Eclipse Dragon. Uh, Eclipse Dragon being the five-cost fire card, the 4-4 four, four flying charge and quick draw. And then at the end of, or at the start of your opponent's turn, um, you untap, or you, you, you gain three power. Um, to- totally insane. This is, the, this is the rebirth of Soulfire Drake that we've been needing forever. Um, I, I, I will agree that Soulfire Drake felt bad insofar as it just made games all about just mass charge units 24-7, but also feel that it was such an important card just as a five attack charging unit like at five that at that you know just a real finishing five cost unit because that's really what aggro needs it just needed some more reach and there's just been this, this humongous gap ever since it got nerfed to six and this um i actually think it's just overall better it has i mean has less potential upside in so far as so far drake could just get you three or four charge units off the top but as far as like a consistent card, this is just a better card, and it's much more consistent. Um, and it's just going to enable aggro and aggro mid-range strategies in a big way. Like if there's any aggro deck that's viable, it's going to have four copies of this card hands down. Um, fire-based aggro, anyway. Um, and yeah, for day one for me, it's uh, four premium copies, just full stop. That's I'm so excited. Uh, the fact too, the quick draw. Everybody think that's flavor text, but it doesn't die to gun. Doesn't die to gun down. So that's really cool. And in the event that owls exist at all, great parliament owls, it's going to beat owls. So that's pretty cool. Um, and the, the opening, like the three power on your turn, um, I really like the idea of having access to like negates like in a Skycrank deck. Like that's just that's just really cool and something that's been sorely missing. Um, a tempo and, deck. Oh and just, my and, God. I, exactly, right? A tempo deck. Oh my goodness, right? There's, there's, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. I, yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> I'm sure most people could have put me on that as well. There's a, you know, the, the fire aggro card being my favorite pick. Go figure. But um, yeah, w- welcome back. Welcome back, Soulfire Drake's uh, child. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the game. Um, um, yeah. 
I also wanted to make an honorable mention. Uh, 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 if you're done, go right ahead. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, give us your honorable mention. Okay, uh, Kira the Prodigy, the um, the spoiler from, yeah. from or not the spoiler, the 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 community card from Yadabyte that was actually made by Drist. Um, in a, and uh, Yadabyte kind of did that in a in a uh, Swiss style format where we battled each other for for best card design. I was top eight, by the way. Um, I had the oh, sweet nice. haunting scream site, but uh, uh, Kara <laughs> the Prodigy made it in, and that card is insane. <laughs> that card is, man, they pushed that hard as hard as they could. I think uh, two cost two two. Um, when Kara gained gets health. Um, attack health or battle skills for the turn, she keeps them. So that means that um, if you play a finest hour on it, she stays at a 5-5. Five, five. If you play, for example, the new uh, rapid shot, which is a one cost, plus two, plus one, lifesteal and, uh, and quick draw, <laughs> is she g- c- keeps the oh, quick man. draw and the lifesteal for, like, that, that I, I mean, I don't know how how enjoyable it is to play with, and uh, I, I know how, how how enjoyable it is to play with, but against the the blitz style decks. But it's definitely back. Kira the Prodigy is gonna gonna be the uh, the um, the spearhead for we, that. You know, we might have our first like real hero of the people deck with Kira. I don't. You, it might still not even be worth it to play hero of the people. It might just be the Kira deck. That Kira is just a better hero of the people than hero of the people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally sweet card. Um, and just cool that it happened. They really did fight as hard as they could to push that uh, as much as as much as possible. Um, yeah. Super exciting. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for Kira. And uh, um, the fact that they were able to include it in this particular set shows that the turn the, the turnaround from DWD was absolutely insane. I thought it wasn't going to be yeah. there for like two or three sets or something like that. We were it was going to maybe there was going to be inserted as like a promo card uh, randomly uh, next set or something like that. But I didn't think it was just going to be in this set for yeah. sure. They just sprinted to get it out, which is just great. Just great. Um, Tony, since we each got honorable mentions, do you want to make an honorable mention? Um, hmm, uh, Tony has eyes only for one card. Shadow warp card, the 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 five uh five shadow influence. Oh, warp Tazbu. Card. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that I one. I, like I really want to try this in like a token kind of deck, or I don't know, uh, maybe like a Grenadines, but maybe it's just wishful thinking, and I don't know if like if it's good enough on its own, just like as a big unit, and you just like play multiple big unit like in I I don't know I really want to play fell mid so whatever is going to be good in fell mid <laughs> is going to be good so I'm going to play like ice bolt probably and there now fell has so many good removal it's insane and they're all cost two right I think that two right now is the threshold for good removal and with desecrate and this and annihilate and maybe if you want Ranger's choice you have so many options for good two cost removal yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that, um, the Shadow 5 drop might be good. I don't know. I, I'm not too sure, but, uh, my honorable, honorable mention is Feln as a whole is once again getting some love and I, I, I'm loving it. Yeah. There's just a lot of love going all around. Uh, this set, it actually strikes me a little bit as a, uh, it feels like a set one style set and like, like i said and, and what i mean by that is that it's it's clearly has a lot of powerhouse cards that they're showing so far and a lot of powerhouse removal and i can't help but wonder if this is the type of set that is 
going to be potentially a new baseline set going forward. Like if they were to do a rotation, that this is going to be like a, you know, a major, you know, set, if that makes sense. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it, 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 it seems to echo like of a set that that's intended to have a lot of sort of staples in it and, you know, big cycles that are, you know, matter. We, we, really, we're seeing a lot of playables come out of the spoiler so far, which is very exciting. Yeah. It, it smells like rotation is coming. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. When you when you print that insane of a set, I feel like rotation is coming. Yeah. Re regardless of whether or not we get rotation, I am excited just to play with all these cards. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think this is this is a set I'm looking forward to. Yeah. There's even um, an infinite yeah, combo absolutely. for for people like me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got some so infinite combos nice. going on. There's like <laughs> there's like two or three going on so far. This is a. Uh, this is definitely, a, a, it's got all the Johnny ticklings going on. Yeah, yeah the, the um, Razor Quill one. Oh, that, that's going <laughs> to be so nice with the with the Katra. Uh, and I, it didn't even need it. It didn't even need it. But uh, but we got the uh, the Twist Reduced to Zero card. Oh, that's just going to be insane. It'll be fun. Oh, man. Well, you have your fun beating players like me on ladder with that. Um, I will be upset and concede after the fourth Twist. Um, and I look forward to losing to it more. <laughs> uh, anyway, with that, I think that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a ton of fun. Uh, really excited to have finally gotten a spoiler card. Please let us know what you think about this card and uh, what you thought about the East Q run. Tell us your favorite spoilers so far. Anything and everything. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Um, check us out on the Reddit thread or on Twitter, on the SoundCloud and um yeah the whole the whole 10 yards uh i've been uh your host paradox and joining me has been uh tony and overmaster so thank you both again for for uh, overmaster thank you for joining us today i should say tony you're always yeah. here um but yeah overmaster always. thank you so much <laughs> so much for coming yeah no problem i hope uh, hopefully i can do this again sometime cool. for sure uh, uh any shout outs to you before we close out today uh that you'd like to make uh i mean I would like to, uh, I guess, uh, shout out. Oh, oh, shout out SBG. But I mean, we're we're all we're all amongst uh, we're all amongst <laughs> yeah, this friends is here. This is, this is oh yeah, <laughs> shout out to each other. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> any plugs? You know, yeah, any other pl pl things, plugs yeah. from uh, from my. Uh, I I mean, I I stream fairly infrequently, but I'm hoping to do it more often. Um, and it's uh, Twitch.tv/slash/TheOverMaster. Uh, that, that's about the only uh, plug I'd plug I'll do. Fair enough. For sure. Yeah, be, be sure to check it out. It's a great stream. A lot of fun. Not not biased in any way at all. But um, no, definitely. Definitely a lot of fun. I do enjoy your streams a lot. Oh, um, but yeah, with that, I think we're going to uh, close out today. Uh, so thank you all again. And we'll see you next time. See you guys. See ya.